Welcome to Imperfect Momming. Our children are constantly looking to us for examples. The term role model doesn't quite cut it here. We are shaping their worldview with every move we make. You see, it's not in the lectures we give or moments where we are actively attempting to teach them. It's in the micro movements we make, the unconscious ways in which we navigate life. We are constantly teaching our children how to show up for themselves, their friends, their future partners, and even their future children. So what can we do to ensure we are raising thoughtful, compassionate, self-aware human beings? We have to become them ourselves. No one is perfect, but we can still all be better, and it starts with self-healing. Let's get to it. Welcome back to Imperfect Momming, and we have a very special guest today, Brianna Light. Put Smith, <laughs> welcome back to Imperfect Mom, or welcome to Imperfect Mommy. Thank you so much for having me. Um, and I just love when I demonstrate what imperfect is. <laughs> <laughs> you're, like, I, you're like, that's actually, that was actually the reason why I did that, because I need you guys to know that we're living this imperfect life every day. <laughs> exactly. And right before I hit record, I was like, hold on, I got to pull something off the stove because <laughs> mom life, right? <laughs> Yes. Yes, absolutely. Tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Yeah, so my name is Brianna Lightfoot Smith. I am a mom, obviously, um, because I'm here on the Imperfect Momming podcast. I am a wife. I've been married to my husband going on eight years this year, and we've been together for 12 years. We met in college. Uh, and I'm a business owner working with moms who are trying to build businesses from home and also female corporate side hustlers who are trying to generate an additional $500 to $1,500 a month because they want to be able to invest in themselves or a professional development, right? Or they want to be able to take trips without feeling like they need to take out of their 401k to do it. So um, I've really loved doing this work and I, I've been a business owner for a decade, but really have leaned into helping uh, women in the entrepreneur space for the past three years. And it's been such a blessing to me because I just have learned how incredible women are. Like we just wear so many hats and I'm, I'm learning how to teach us how to wear those hats, but without burning out because we're doing too many things. Absolutely. So, I mean, yeah, I would, I just, so many questions came flooding in, but um, two of them were like, how did you get started um helping other moms and then also um what do you think is the hardest part about being an entrepreneur and a mom at the same time um and i had to get them both out because mom brain <laughs> <laughs> absolutely and I oh you muted yourself i'm sorry <laughs> Oh, I said I actually, and I needed to make a note on the side to make sure that I address both questions, right? So first things first, um, you know, I am, uh, I'm a believer in Jesus Christ. And I share that because my faith has guided so many of the different decisions that I've made over the years. Um, when I first iteration, really second iteration of my business, when I was working with small business owners, um, I just got to a point where I was burned out. And I told my husband, I said, I don't, and I was pregnant with our second son at the time. Right now we have three. I told my husband, I said, baby, I don't think I can be out here pregnant and trying to get new clients. Like I just have no desire. The hustle is just not there. 
Um, and I don't want to be so focused on bringing the next person in that I'm missing this season of, you know, nesting and getting prepared for a new person, because it doesn't matter that this is not my first pregnancy. Every child is different. Every pregnancy is different. And I remember him being like, okay. Cause I actually called him while he was not even in town. Like we, we weren't even in the same room. I just called him up while he was out of town. And I was like, I don't think I want to keep running my business anymore. And he was like, <laughs> okay, tell me more about that. And, you know, I shared the different reasons and he was like, okay, Brianna, like that's, that's one of my husband's, that he, that's probably one of the things he says most to me is, okay, if that's what you want to do, then we'll figure it out. And even when I close, and I always tell people this, when I closed the business down, it never felt like oh, this is the end. It felt like this is a pause, right? Like I'm just not in a season where I can give this my full attention. And when I opened the doors back up, it was ironic because we had moved to a different city, different state. We moved from New Orleans to uh, Arlington, Texas, Grand Prairie, Texas rather. And two women reached out to me within the same week, both from New Orleans where I was. And they asked like, hey, do you still have your company Brands by Brie? And I was like, that is not by accident that both of y'all asked me that the same week, right? But I went in prayer about it because I'm like, what I'm not going to do is open this business up only to feel burned out again. And I felt peace about opening it back up. And so I was like, yes, we are taking clients, right? And both of the women within a week had paid their invoices. And that was a big thing too, because y'all know if you're a fellow entrepreneur, Stuff is all kicks and giggles until people actually pay. And you're like, oh, no, you're serious, right? Like, you're really about this. Um, and so I loved getting to have that experience of seeing that it wasn't just a, a philosophical interest, right? Like, people are really... They were like, no, we, we've been waiting for you. And one of the women had even told me that. She's like, I've just been kind of waiting in the wings for you to say like, okay, we're taking on clients again. And I was like, well, I love knowing that because three years at that point had passed. Um, and so working with those women was really helpful. And I noticed pretty early on, I'm like, oh, wow, we're all moms. You know, when I had closed the business down, I was a mom at that point, but really wasn't, I guess I hadn't fully, I wasn't like a full-time stay-at-home mom at that point either. So I wasn't really fully just taking on that role. And so to recognize that these women that were reaching out to me were also moms of multiples. And I guess that's really what I mean. It's like, I was a mom of one and that's very different from being a mom of two, right? And now I'm a mom of three. And these women that had reached out to me were moms of multiples as well. And I was like, that is so interesting, like for them to have that in common. And I worked kind of undercover for about six months to almost a year because again, I just did not want to have to shut it back down. And I did not want to create any kind of confusion with people of like, wait, didn't she, isn't that the thing she didn't have? And now she has it. Oh, now she's closing it again. So I really, I worked undercover for about a year. And after a year I was like, okay, people are still paying. I'm still attracting clients. Let's like start telling more people about this. And I started for the first time marketing myself as a business coach who works with moms who want to start their own businesses. And being able to position myself that way in the marketplace was so huge because I started getting these different opportunities where people were like, oh, you work with moms? Okay, well, we're hosting this mom summit. You know, we want you to come and talk about how to build a business as a mom. And I'm like, I would love 
still talk about that, right? Like different podcast opportunities like this one. I'm like, oh my gosh, there's so many podcasts that are talking directly to moms, but not just addressing them as like the the role that they play in their household, but how they show up in the world and how motherhood, I mean, that's the best resume builder you could have because the jobs that we have, we are, I think I, I saw this article that was saying that we, we should be making six figures just as a mom, right? <laughs> like because of the various roles that we wear or various hats that we wear. So that's how I ended up getting started in working with moms is just that those were the people who were coming to me. And then I made the decision to actively market myself as a person who helped moms who were trying to build businesses from home because they wanted that time flexibility. They wanted to be able to generate more income. They wanted to be able to just get their hair done without taking it out of the household budget. Like all of those different things were things that were important to them. And then the other question you asked me, and I wrote it down, but um what do you think oh you said the part? most difficult part yes, yes. i remembered <laughs> it's the look look one of us okay. did right we got we got to stay together i would say the switch tasking and i say switch tasking not multitasking because i loved um there was this training and they were talking about how the mind literally cannot multitask, even though we're like, oh, I'm a great multitasker. You see that in job descriptions, must be a great multitasker. Your brain is actually not multitasking. It's just switching tasks, even really fast. And so I would say that that's mo the most difficult part is that sometimes I get in a good groove and I'm working and I'm, you know, working on my emails or um, I'm, I'm working on uh, finalizing th some things for a Brands by Bria Academy or uh, right now I'm in the process of uh, launching a new program for women who want to start product-based businesses. And so I'll get into a good groove with that. We got the landing page going and, and then I get the two-year-old who's like, can I have a snack? And I'm like, Sure. So you switch task real quick. Let me just get you something. But now that the other boys have seen that he's got a snack, he goes and gets settled. I'm trying to get back into the groove and oh, nope, they're coming and they need a snack. Right. And now people need juice and they need water. And I'm like, okay, there's so many things happening. And it's really hard for my brain to tap in and say, okay, get back into it, get back into it. And so something that I've been doing that's been helpful is really um even even this month i've really been dedicating one solid day like tuesdays have been my hey we're going to get it all together and y'all talk amongst yourselves figure it out i will give you the snack bowl whatever you need but just like i need this time right to dive in so that the rest of the week is a lighter load and i can have you know these 15 minute sprints maybe where i reach out to a couple potential clients i send something to a to a to my VA, who is an angel, her name is Leanna. Leanna, if you're listening to this, she has been so helpful because she's literally been a partner in my business. And I just always think of the fact, I'm like, man, when this thing blows up, it's just going to be so amazing for us to be like, remember when it was just the two of us and you would like send me things on Slack and I would forget the password and then we had to put this whole thing together, <laughs> right? Like switch tasking has absolutely been the most difficult part, but it's really pushed me to lean on my team, not just my my VA and my copy editor and the people who work within my business, but also my team as in my family, right? And friends and my husband. I'm like, bro, we're 
we're halvesies on this. Like, I don't need to just be taking the whole thing on, even though that can be my natural tendency to do. And asking for help has been really, really essential. But it's been such a blessing um, to see how, shockingly enough, when you ask people for help, a lot of times they'll help you and they're willing to do that thing, but they just needed to know what you needed them to be doing. Yeah. I mean, it, that right there put that on repeat in into our brains because a lot of the times we get resentful for people not doing picking up the slack or doing things for us but they don't even know that we need help because we're so good at task switching mm-hmm. like you said yes and this morning when you said that the first thing that popped in my head was my my son asking me to get him a pair of his get him a pair of socks when he's in his room and I left the room to go get him breakfast and it was like <laughs> I think you can get your own socks today, dude. <laughs> I know. And they're then they're even like, but I like the way you do it. And right. like my two-year-old has already learned to say that, but I want you to do it. I'm like, I appreciate that. And I and I'm always complimentary with my boy. I'm like, thank you for using your words and telling me how you feel. And yet, and still, this is something you need to do, or it's just not gonna get done, which that's fine too. But I we can't be in a position where I am like the sock lady and the snack lady and I'm trying to do this stuff for the business and I'm trying to oh wait be a present wife and just somebody to myself because I think that's another thing as moms we focus so much on what we are for other people that we forget to be anything for ourselves and I listen to um I love the five love languages uh the book by Gary Chapman and what I realized I was kind of just reflecting one day on a drive a quiet drive imagine that right but just driving by myself I think my boys were with my husband or they were out of town or something and I was like you know what because I had had a wonderful December December was my best month of 2023 and I was like what was so special about December and I realized I said Brie you loved yourself well in December my love languages are words of affirmation and quality time and I spent quality time with myself. So on my quiet drives by myself, but I also spent time with, we went up to Chicago and I got to see some of my best friends from college. We got to see family out there. And then words of affirmation, I was writing so much more in the month of December. And so I'm like, you're speaking words to yourself, you're affirming yourself, and you're also affirming other people through your writings. And I was like, yeah, I need to I need to keep that going. And I even told my husband, because since becoming a mom, access service has started to kind of climb up in the ranks. And I know my, uh, my, I know we all are like, yes, please wash a dish, pick up a sock, like something. Right. Yeah. And I realized even with that, when I use outsourcing tools like Poplin for laundry, or I get someone to come and clean the house once a month, that is a, a way I'm showing access service to myself. Like, Hey, so that you can come to a clean home to a clean house just get somebody to come and do it right and like these women who have been coming to me they are excellent at cleaning and i'm like oh my gosh you make my cleaning look like nothing like this is amazing so yeah yeah i love using the the five love languages for yourself i've used the five love languages inside parenting you know because there's the romantic relationship with your partner and there's the the love between child and parent. And I had this huge aha that my dad and I didn't like, we had the same love languages, but we didn't show it in a way that we were, that I, he didn't show it in a way that I was receiving it. 
and vice versa. And, um, and so I sat down with my son one day and I was like, what do I do that makes you feel the most loved? Um, and he said, when I snuggle him. And so that was the thing that I was doing the least because I had all the other things that I was, that I would do instead. It was like, okay, you get up and then I'll go get you breakfast. But it was like, what he actually wanted was for him to get up and for me to snuggle him and then go and get breakfast. And so it was just kind of a, a little switch in how I switch tasks. <laughs> but I love that you um, that you use that on yourself because that's I think that that's a huge thing that people in general, but especially women and moms neglect because we don't I don't think we know how important it is. Um, yeah. And I, and I think somebody just recommended a book um, called Love Yourself Like Your Life Depended on It. And Ooh. yeah, and it's, I think you could get it free on on it, on it YouTube if I'm not mistaken, but um, if not, maybe in your library app or mm-hmm. and on Kindle. <laughs> it's important. Yeah. yeah, something someone said <clears throat> on another podcast I was uh, interviewed on, earlier this year that really stuck out with me too. She said, you know, when we love our, cause I shared the same thing with her. And she said, you know, when we love ourselves well, we stop trying to outsource love. Mm-hmm. And I was, you know, I hadn't heard her, I hadn't heard anyone put it that way, but she was like, you know, we, we're not as frustrated with our spouses or our partners when they're not doing stuff. Cause we're like, Hey, my love tank is full. Anything you do is just going to make it like overflow, but it's already full because I took care of it myself. Right. And she said, we don't, we, we don't, we're able to love our children in a way that's not like, okay, I love you, but I need you to do this thing that shows me that you love me back. Right. And, and that was just so freeing for me because I realized that that had captured at least a couple years of my parenting where I was like, that's why I was so frustrated. Cause I wasn't loving myself well, and I'm depleted because I feel like I'm doing all these things for them, but I don't feel like they're giving that to me in return. And it's like, okay, they're children, you know, and, and they're, I have very intelligent boys and I I raise them to be very emotionally aware and all of that. But I'm like, at the end of the day, you cannot, and my husband had said that for years, but it just didn't click. He's like, you can't, you cannot allow yourself to be emotionally attached to how they're responding to certain things. And I was like, well, what do you mean? You know, like I'm their mom. I have to be emotionally involved and attached. Right. But he was like, if they upset you, you can even say, okay, discipline, no tablet or whatever. He's like, but you don't need to get mad about that. He's like, when, when they do something I'll he said, I don't even, he said, I don't raise my voice. I don't, I'm just like, all right. All right. Well, I guess you're going to be having an early bedtime. Good night. And he literally says it just so flat like that. Right. And I'm frustrated, like go to bed and I can't believe you did this. You know, I'm all emotional with it. And he's like, it doesn't take all that. And I have finally seen like, you're right. It does it. Yeah. And I can, I can say something like that. And just go and read my book. I'm not, you know, on this emotional cliff where now I have to come back down off of it and bring myself back to center and be like, okay, what was I doing before I got really upset about my, for, because my child lied or hit his brother or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. So it's just been very, very freeing. It really has been. I have to say that the best thing on earth is having a partner that, that holds the mirror up to, for you, like to, to reflect back to you what you could level up on like that has been my absolute favorite thing in my relationship with my partner and like 
I never had that before. It was, and, and I wasn't, I would say even I wasn't receptive to it before. And that's, I think that men want to do that, but a lot of times we're not receptive to it. And so then they don't, and they keep their opinion to themselves because they don't want to get in trouble for, they don't want to get their head bitten off. They like, you know what? I'm gonna let you, it don't, I know a better way. And that's, and it's true because we don't want to feel like we're problems to be solved. But when I, when I stopped looking at it that way and instead flipped my mind to realize, hey, if this person has something that's very, it works very well for them, they might be great to provide you with advice, right? Like I'm like, if he, Jordan is very emotionally stable. So maybe if you're struggling in that area, that would be, maybe you should, how do you deal with this? How do you deal with this? And it's always funny to see how, and I can't even say lights up because people who know my husband be like lights up, but he just, I just see his, there's a shift in even his body language. And I'm like, when I come to him for advice, he's like, you want to know? And like, I can tell you, right? Like, you're not going to get mad. I'm like, no, please tell me. Cause I've tried it my way. It's not working. So I'll take what I need and I'll leave the rest on the floor. Right. Yeah. And that's the other thing that that I don't think that a lot of people realize that we can do is we can we can receive feedback from people, um, partners included, and take what resonates and leave the rest. We can we can read a self help book, we can read a parenting book, and take what resonates and leave the rest. And I think a lot that's a big reason that people don't read self help or parenting books is because they don't want to be told what to do. But if we look at it from this lens of I'm going to take what resonates and leave the rest, then we don't have to be told what to do or or do things that are out of alignment. And we can really just learn some different perspectives. Totally agree. And I, 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 I... I loved when, you know, in, in preparation for the interview when you were talking about books, I was like, yes, I love books. I can share so many books that I've read. <laughs> I've I've actually recently started listening to um, autobiography, celebrity autobiographies, uh, because I found the, the free library app, because I always wanted to read the celebrity autobiographies, but I didn't want to buy them because I'm like, there's no way I'm going to listen to them more than once. So why do I need them just chilling in my cloud like I just so I found the library app and I was like oh this is this is how I'm reading all my celebrities bios and yeah. it's been really fascinating and eye-opening I've listened mm -hmm. to um David Spade so far and um okay. the other one that I listened to um that was for oh Matthew McConaughey because you know mm. his voice um and David yeah. Spade I think is hysterical and then um Will Smith, I'm in the middle. I'm I, mm. I say I'm in the middle. I'm in chapter two. It's 16 <laughs> hours long. The whole book is oh. 16 hours long. So okay, he's charging for it. It's worth it because it's 16 hours. Wow, long. you're like you're spending the day with Will. You're just you're gonna just be together. Right. <laughs> There's so much good gold nuggets in there with him, mm -hmm. and his book was always one that I wanted to read because of um I'd watched a video on how he talked himself through jumping out of a plane. And I don't mm. remember any of the details about it now, but I just remember like the way that he thinks. I was like, mm -hmm. that, I wanna know more about the way that he thinks. Mm -hmm. 
it's so it's and it's so good so far two chapters in he's had a hard I life too but you know it's really yeah. good good um personal development just in I'm like where did you learn this stuff yeah <laughs> so is there a piece of advice that you want to share with moms Yes. When I talk to moms, one of the biggest things I like to share with them is to give themselves permission to evolve. Our lives look so different day to day, month to month, year to year, right? And I think what's so interesting is we're around these little people who we see developing in front of us and changing every day and learning new words or learning ways to, to to handle conflict or developing these new interests. And even though we're constantly witnessing what it, what evolution looks like in real time and, and we don't allow ourselves to evolve. Like I, you hear so many people talk about like, oh, I need to get back to the woman I used to be or I need to bounce back. Even talking about our bodies, right? And something that I've been really committed to is not trying to get back to who I was, but really becoming the person that I'm supposed to be and taking the lessons that I've learned from every every year and every child, because each of my children has taught me different things about myself and say like, okay, how does this tie into who I'm becoming? And I will say that I really learned last year, um, we had a... I had a miscarriage in 2022, the end of 2022, and then I had a miscarriage at the beginning of last year. And something that it taught me was really how how hard it is for me to let go of a plan, right? Like if something is in my mind, I'm really quick to grasp onto it. I'm, I'm like, okay, and this is how it's going to go. And I'm mapping it all out. And if something happens where that changes or that shifts, it takes me a really long time to recalibrate and kind of get my bearings again and when it comes to us as women I think that sometimes we can get really fixated on how we thought our life would look or you know the relationship we thought we would have with our children what are how what kind of parent we would be right and when that looks anything different than what we initially anticipated a lot of times we end up being really hard on ourselves or we don't make any progress because we're like, well, if I can't get where I thought I was going to go, then I'm just going to stop moving. Mm -hmm. And the example I often give to my clients um, when I'm talking in my email list, when I'm writing blog posts, whatever the case is, is that if you think of a GPS on your phone, it only gives you directions when you're in motion, hmm. right? So if you type yeah. in a yeah. in an address and you click start, but you're standing still, if you have an iPhone and it's that little, that arrow icon, it just is kind of circulating because it's trying to figure out where you are. But the moment you start moving, even if you're moving in the wrong direction, it'll say turn left or it'll say rerouting, right? And I think that so many of us get so caught up in being perfect or getting it right the first time that we don't ever produce version one of a thing. Hmm. We're like, okay, if I'm not, a hundred percent sure that it's going to be a success. I'm going, I'm not going to try. And I have had to actively say, you know what, we're going to just try it. We're going to try it I, with my clients and with, with brands by Brie, I, I encourage them to try out 90 day sprints. I'm like, let's just give it 90 days and then see what the result is. Right. Let, and then let's actually track it. Not let's not just be like, okay, I did it. Now I'm moving on to the next project. Cause Brie just told me I had to do this for 90 days. No, let's look back. What did you really like? What did you not like so much? You know, what was 
pretty good, but just need a little tweaking. And this can be if they want to be a social media influencer. This can be if they are uh, creating the product-based business. Maybe we're going to start with one product for 90 days, and then we might add to the product suite. Or we may say, you know what, Brie? I actually hate products, and I want to do services. And that's fine too, right? But we get to evolve. And I think if we would wrap our minds around that concept and understanding it's okay for me to evolve, then there would be so much more freedom and we'd be making a lot more progress. Oh my goodness. I love every single thing that you just said that, you know, our, our kids are constantly growing and we like, I think that's why so many moms just feel, they feel empty. You know, they, they, they like, they love being a mom, but they're like, and what else you know it's like that that's not how life was supposed to be like we're mom only you know we're supposed to grow and evolve and you know especially since because and here's how I know that that's true if it wasn't true our children wouldn't trigger us the way that they do we're supposed to learn and grow from our children so I mean you have three of them. Have you ever been triggered by your kid? <laughs> triggered before I got on this call. <laughs> you know, I get, I'm a little triggered that my dog is back there walking, you know, whatever, whining. Yeah. Whatever. You know, it's just like, we're supposed, though, and I truly believe, I saw this on a meme, but I believe it wholeheartedly that the, when the wound is ready to heal, the trigger appears. And what we like to do is like, here's a trigger and like shove it away or pat, you know, hot potato our emotions to somebody else, but we don't learn anything that way. And it's not our fault because we didn't know, like our, that's our culture is don't do anything. Don't pay attention to your emotions. Your emotions are bad. Um, and they're not, they're lessons to, to learn from. So thank you for bringing that up. Um, so tell us which book, <laughs> <laughs> yes so I have a couple that I'm gonna recommend because like I said I was like I can't think so one. one yeah but um the ruthless elimination of hurry is a book by John Mark Comer it's so 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 good especially with this conversation we were having about switch tasking and how you can't multitask and being present um it's so good. One of the things that he shared in that book that I loved was that he turned his smartphone into a dumb phone. And he said that he took all his email and took all his, you know, just apps that he can access from his computer. He's like, why do I need 100% 24-hour access to this? I don't. Like, I don't need that. And I love that because especially this month, I've been very intentional about slowing down and thinking about what I'm thinking about, right? And being present where I am. And so I did that. I turned my phone into a dumb phone. And I think the only things that are on there, I'm really trying to think, like, I don't have email on my phone right now. I don't have um social media apps. I don't have those on my phone right now. So I'm even accessing them from desktop, which is not as fun because the scroll is not the same. So then I'm like, okay, I actually don't even need to be on here. This isn't even fun. Right. And that has just helped me to be really present and think about what I'm thinking about and just be more intentional with my, with my time. So that book is called the ruthless elimination of hurry by John Mark Comer. And then another book 
that has a kind of a similar bend is called, um, I'm actually reading it or rereading it right now. I was looking for it because I thought I had it on the couch, but it's called Essentialism. Um, and it is a really good book as well. The, the kind of overarching theme through the book is <clears throat> that they're trying to help us to do less. When I say they, I'm talking about the authors, help you do less, but better. To do fewer things better, right? And I give the example of the garden because there's a scripture in John chapter 15 and it talks about how God is the uh, the, the vine and um, or how Jesus is the vine and God is the vineyard keeper and how if we're not attached to him, we can't produce any good fruit. Mm. But, a, but like we can always produce this good fruit if we're attached to him. And I've just been thinking like how much of what I'm producing in my life is just me, right? Like it's not even something that is necessarily tied to my overall purpose and sense of well-being. I'm just like, I think I should be doing this and I think I should be doing this and I think I, I gotta do all these things. And it talks about the pruning process and how like when you're pruning things away and for any of my gardeners listening to this, it get, it puts the right focus and right energy into the plant that you really want to grow. And I was talking to, um, my neighbor, he actually passed a couple months ago. But I remember sitting in, in his garden with him one day and he was saying, he's like, you know, when you see a tomato plant and it grows up and you start cutting off those tomatoes towards the bottom, he said the ones towards the bottom were never, it was never, they were never like going to be the prized possession. He said, but what they did, they made the plant as a whole stronger so that it could withhold different conditions. And I just thought about that. It's like, you know, there's so much that I've experienced in my life where I thought that was the thing. I'm like, this is it. This is going to be the thing that takes my business to the next level. Or we're going to, you know, have this financial experience. It's going to be amazing. Or we're going to live in this house. Or we're going to live in this neighborhood. And it's like, all of those things have been pruned away. And what's left has been so key because I'm recognizing just different sense, different parts of my identity that were never missing. They were always there, but I just always thought like, okay, it's attached to my activities or it's attached to my income or it's attached to, you know, my platform or whatever. And as all those things have ebbed and flowed, I'm like, oh, wow, I still have value and worth, even if it's a season where I am home full time. And I like when I first shut my business, there wasn't any, I wasn't bringing any income in, right? Or if it's a season where I'm homeschooling or if it's a season where, you know, we're in a pandemic and I'm I, like, I, 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 the only people I see are people I'm related to. Like, and I'm like, that doesn't feel very fruitful, right? Yeah. I have just seen the way God has produced fruit in all of those things. And so that essentialism book is so good um, because I, I just love that line I'm like if I don't kind of like what you were saying about the Will Smith video I'm like if I don't get anything else from that book I'm getting do fewer things but better do less but better because I think that we are moving out of and you can let me know if you feel the same way I think a lot of us are moving out of the hustle culture because it has almost killed a lot of us and we're like you know what not doing that again um I think that's a big part of quiet quitting yeah, but I think we're also learning like, okay, I don't have to just burn the whole thing down. I, I just need to work in a different way than I've been working. 
I really love the analogy um, where my brain took it with the tomato plant and the low hanging fruit was making the plant stronger. Like think about the, the times in your life that things happened that weren't the way that you would have liked them to happen. But if you take the time to look, you'll find how those things made you stronger. You know, just in the first two chapters of Will's autobiography, like his dad was abusive and he got through that abuse. Like his sense of humor came from that abuse because his in his childlike mind, it was like, well, if I can keep dad happy, then he won't get angry and, and hit mom. Right. But like so much of who he, of his success came from his, his humor and a lot of his um, determined, being determined for success came from this story in the first chapter where his dad had him and his brother build a wall. And I will never, I, I will, I'm always going to remember that his dad said, are you focusing on the wall or are you focusing on the brick? Because before we hit record, I was telling you, like, there's so much stuff that has to get done. And that in that moment, I was focusing on the wall. But if I focus on the next thing that I need to do, record a podcast, then that's the brick. You know, and it's it's just in how you think of things. But it's but this low hanging fruit, those those things weren't building that wall, I'm sure was not fun for him. <laughs> You know, seeing his mom abused was not fun for him. Getting hit himself was not fun. But there, those were the low-hanging fruits in his life that produced a lot of things that other people want ab for, for absolute sure, you know? Yeah, and Tyler Perry, I don't know if you saw his, um, his uh, documentary on Amazon Prime called Maxine's Baby, but it was the same exact thing. Like, he's like, all of these words, or he said, all these stories and these places that you see me talk about on TV came from when I was being abused and I would just go different places in my mind. He's like, I could not, I couldn't think about my current reality. So I would think about like what the family I would have liked to be born into, you know, what they might've been like and all these things. And I was like, man, but you just don't know that. You don't know. And, 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 and my dad always puts it like this. He says, you know, people see your glory, but they don't know your story. And so I just feel like with so many people, like the people you're talking about and, um, and, and people we haven't even seen our neighbors, right. It doesn't even have to just be celebrities. Like, yeah. It's, there's so much that has happened before everything that we see. Mm -hmm. And I tell people, even with my own journey, I'm like, I never want people to feel like I'm an overnight success. And that's why I'm always really big to share, not just my mountaintop moments, but my valley moments. Like, hey, yes, this is really cool. Like recently I got um, nominated for the Rising Entrepreneur of the Year Award here um, in Dallas. And I'm really excited about that. And, you know, I'm so excited to share that with people, but I'm like, but this is the, also the audience that knows about the miscarriage last year. And they know about, you know, things with the business kind of going down because I, I was the center of my business at that time. And then they also know that's part of the reason why I had to create online courses because I was like, okay, 
if something like this happens, prayerfully not another miscarriage, because that one, both of them were terrible in different ways. I don't want my business to crumble because I'm in a place where I cannot physically work or, you know, maybe I can physically, but mentally I can't. And so I just share both those highs and lows because I think it's also really important for people to understand that there also isn't just an arrival point where, okay, now you're at a space in your life where nothing bad is ever going to happen, right? Like you can be having really amazing things happening in your life and really bad, hard things can be happening simultaneously. I tell people it's like grace and grief um, and gratitude and grief can really coexist. And if we would give ourselves even permission there to show up and say, hey, this is a really awesome opportunity. And I'm also really sad about this thing that just happened. Um, it would show, it would change the way that we show up in the world. Yeah, we can hold space for two experiences at the same time. And yes. I just said to a friend the other day that, you know, there's no testimony without a test. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, some of that low hanging fruit is part mm -hmm. of the test and part of the testimony. Where can our listeners find you? Yes. So you can visit my website at brandsbybree.com. If you are someone who's interested in starting a business from scratch and you're not really sure where to start, I have a course on there called the Brand Builders Blueprint. It's literally less than $100, I think, because I'm like, just, just get started. Let's just do version one, right? And we'll find more things as we go. Um, but the Brand Builders Blueprint is on there. Um, I also have links to free resources like my energy audit. We talked about how we can get sometimes short with people because we're upset Sometimes that's just we're on the edge of burnout. So there's an energy audit that you can download for free if you go to brandsbybrewery.com forward slash energy. And then all my social links are on there. I'm B Lightfoot Smith on Instagram and I'm on LinkedIn, Brianna Lightfoot Smith. So if you just go to brandsbybrewery.com, you'll see links to all of those things that I just mentioned. Awesome. Well, I, I really appreciate you being here today and I love everything that you're doing in the world. And, um, and honestly, especially just being so real with, um, you know, your successes and your struggles, because I think that that's a huge thing that, that is, that women are struggling with right now is watching, watching the highlight reels of people's mm -hmm. lives and really knowing that they're not, life is not like that and, and feeling the struggle of it. So um, I think it's really important and really vital that we do that. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for having me as a guest. I don't take it lightly. I always tell people it's like bringing someone into your home, like, all right, here's, here's my home. This is where I live. You know, these are my, this is my family. Um, we, we are so intentional in creating these spaces online, right? Whether it's through a podcast or a social media following. And so anytime I'm able to come and share on someone else's platform, I'm very grateful. Well, I, again, I appreciate you being here and there will be another episode of Imperfect Momming coming for you all next week. And until we meet again, keep healing. Bye, guys. Thank you for tuning in to Imperfect Momming. It's time for us to step up and realize that our power is not in trying to shape our children. Our power lies in shaping ourselves into the people we want our children to model themselves after. Don't just do it for your kids. Do it for yourself. When you become a more self-aware, compassionate, and confident person, you and everyone around you benefit. For more information about me and my work, visit alishalyons.com. That's A-L-Y-S-I-A-L-Y-O-N-S.com. See you next time.